0: Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Dalvin. I'm the managing editor at the Stony Brook Press.
1: My name is Louis Maroney. I'm the satire section editor.
2: Hello. Um, I'm confused. I was told I was going to be on Chapo Trap House.
1: Sorry, Felix couldn't make it.
2: Um, yeah. <laughs> well, that's okay. We can do this one. My name is Beverly Bryan, and I used to be uh, the news editor at the Stony Brook Press. So I'm very excited to be back here doing um, a podcast, which was barely even a thing when I was in college. So cool.
0: Yeah, word. And you uh you were at Stony Brook at what years? I guess just to get a little bit of your background.
2: Yeah. Um I think I came out here in two thousand one mm-hmm. and I graduated in two thousand four.
0: Word. So it was like right at the <laughs> even like the really early, early internet. Mm-hmm like podcasts yeah. were non-existent youtube didn't even exist i think back then really i
2: think n- yeah. it might not have yeah um i'm yeah. not sure actually we didn't we definitely did not have twitter or facebook all right or instagram what we had was um friendster
0: uh friendster oh shit yeah. oh, my I love oh, people friendster. Yeah, oh my god that's a throwback
1: yeah
2: i loved friendster friendster was the best do you guys use snapchat <laughs>
1: I use because my friend makes cooking videos on there sometimes. And I just wait, whole cooking videos? No, he's like cooking with Jan. He just like makes pizza or something like that. Oh, wait, he cooks? Yeah, he cooks. That guy cooks. Whoa, that's wild. He's like a yeah. h- jack of all trades. He like yeah. camps and all that. It's crazy. And that's awesome. F- but um, do you, you on now. the press? <laughs> uh, yeah, we're trying to get him. Understand. He just transferred here from uh, um, New pulse. Okay, yeah. well, you
2: have to because you have to like recreate my college experience <laughs> and he <laughs> would be your mic. So, oh, so word. we had Mike, and he camps now. Nice. He, 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 this guy camps too, actually. Word. You mentioned that. Word. Oh, sorry.
0: Words. So actually, um, yeah, just, I mean, you are a press alum. You were back at the press. Actually, way Dustin back. was the cook. D- Dust. I have n- these names are. Shout out to right Mike. Right. Shout out yeah, to wait. Dustin Hurlick, right? Yeah. Whoa. Oh. Okay. No. When I was going through the archives, I'm like, yeah, that's du- okay. Where I'm like, damn. Oh my
1: God. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's take a. Um, so you're from, like Davinson, you're from the press. Mm-hmm. So let's take a little bit back. Where are you? Where are you from originally?
2: I was born in Pennsylvania, right. but as I mentioned before, um, neither of my parents are from Pennsylvania, so I don't have like real roots there. Right. Um, I grew up in South Florida. Um. And yeah, then I moved up here for college because I still had family on Long Island, where my mom is from.
1: Where, where do you feel like you're? Um, when did you have get um, develop an interest in writing in general, and had in journalism later on?
2: Let's see. Well, I always wrote, um, and I always liked to read, mm-hmm. and I grew up reading the New York Times and the Palm Beach Post, mm. and I loved the um, I loved the international news section. And, like, I was a really weird little kid. So, like, something that, like, was on my mind when I was a little kid is, like, why isn't the news media investing more in international, in, like, coverage of international issues? Um, like like I said, really weird little kid. But the Pompey's Post actually had a pretty good um, international news section. And I would always flip to that side because, like, I just wanted to know what was going on in the rest of the world, um, which shouldn't be weird, but apparently it is. And... Uh, yeah, you know, the Palm Beach Post is actually a pretty good newspaper. Um, like and this was the 90s, so people there was, people still read newspapers, and there was still investment in that kind of thing. Yeah. And since I was interested in writing, people always told me, well, you should be a journalist because then you can get a job with health insurance. So that was a lie. Um, well, it was true at the time, but by the time I grew up, things had changed. So lesson to everyone, don't listen to the adults, They don't know shit. So, yeah, but then, um, you know, people did steer me in that direction, and I was on my high school newspaper, and I won awards for entertainment writing, and then I was on my um, college paper, the Stony Brook Press, and I majored in history and minored in journalism here, and yeah, and then at a certain point, I decided that um, writing for a living would be a good way to try to Contribute something positive to the world, and I was all in on pursuing journalism. And this was during the era of the Iraq War, the second Iraq War. Word. And I just thought, you know, and I wrote about some of those issues and things like that for the Stony Brook Press. And I really thought that maybe I could go and get a job in uh, journalism to, and like, I don't just write about local politics or something. Just like, you know, serve a community um right. writing news stories yeah no that's the end of that's the end of the answer to that question yeah so there you go
0: because i know because <laughs> like, yeah. i know like um looking back at your old work for the press it was um it was like a different range of work i remember some political stories in there too with some some other co-writers and all that My really favorite too.
1: stuff the stuff we went really far back and found Oh, like that <laughs> i wish we could still do i loved it
0: Wait, no, like, you,
2: is there stuff you can't do now? Like, uh, what can't you do? Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true actually. I feel like there's that, de- like definitely like I feel like early two thousands, late nineties press, there's definitely like late Bush era and Clinton or... era press were like there are definitely some things that I feel like we couldn't get away with now, which is interesting like to think about.
2: Um now. is it like our our lack of um what you might call political correctness? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's that's it that's I seem to recall
2: list. our sense of humor being like maybe raw and a little insensitive, but I don't think we were like no, no, it did, we, we've, no, we would have no, gotten in like, trouble now.
0: It didn't go into like um any like any ter- like any bad territories. No, it was, like, it it was like, just it more was like, like I think now you just really have to nail it in a very specific way. Yeah. Like you have to really really nail it like really well and if you don't then just I don't know, the floodgates would open or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, you have to be know. real
2: you have to walk a very very like careful line. It's Twitter
1: humor like the I put it.
2: Yeah, but you know what? I kind of like the world we live in now. Yeah. It's like kinder and gentler and You know, well, you know, it's like if you, well, I think it's important to make sure you're always like punching up if you're punching. So just like be careful and like maybe not punch so much.
0: (laughs) I guess what was the makeup of the press back in the day? Because we mentioned this before talking, Mm -hmm. but the press has always had the vibe of almost like an alt weekly. You always get people who are interested in culture who um, are very much down with the latest music or the latest film or whatever else is going on, not who can really. tell you about scenes that nobody else has heard of. And that seems like it it's the way it is now and it mm-hmm. was back then, even, to now. even back then, yeah.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, actually we were a bunch of nerds. Nice. Um, we were really into comic books, um, if that's what you're asking. No, not, <laughs> not our so, makeup, yeah, we, we were made up of, of
0: nerds. No, we still have a lot of people who are into comic books, yeah. Um,
2: that's, that's cool. This was the era of like emo. Nice. So, um, oh
0: boy, oh my God, oh I oh, forgot, early 2000s old. Oh, yeah, so it was
2: like, um, I mean, like we had like like what would be on the speakers when we were doing an ep- when we were making the press would have been like, um, would have depended on who was down here, right. but like you might have heard some Weezer. I liked um, such local melodic hardcore bands as On the Might of Princes. Um. Yeah, I think it comes from, like, Machiavelli.
1: Nice. Love Tupac. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Um, it, uh, yeah. Which, um, yeah, you might've heard The Clash. You might've heard some hip hop along the lines of, like, Most Deaf or The Roots. Oh, word, okay, oh, that's right. dope. Um, Cause it was that era, you know? Yeah, word. Um, might've heard a little Prince. Nice. Um, but definitely, yeah, and then, like, this was the era for emo. So, yeah, that was that was what was going on.
0: <laughs> I Yeah. And that like the way it's sounding, it doesn't really sound that different from now in the sense that you take not like emo being like a defining genre, but just like more rap now, probably. But of course, you still have like the classics and like the bigger hits kind of like mixing into. And it's I don't know, like the whole comment about like you guys being a bunch of nerds is really interesting to me. because. still like that. I, I mean, I wouldn't even say that because I feel like if you took like someone from like 2002 from the press and like mm-hmm. put them in like 2012, they'd be considered cool or like they'd be yeah, they'd be yeah. s- they'd be that one friend that you go to because they know what's up like uh, up and coming for anything else mm-hmm. or
2: like at least we'd be considered normal. Yeah, exa- yeah. exactly. Yeah, even exactly. baseline. Yeah, we're. <laughs> um, but no, in, in those days, uh, you it didn't have the same cachet to be really into comic books, uh, Spider Man movies. Star Wars, Damn, the internet, uh, <laughs> yeah. or journalism for that matter. But yeah, Word. now it's like everyone is like, I mean, oh, now, yeah.
0: now
1: we're in general, just like raising like his blog posts and shit. Yeah, no,
0: now you have like companies pumping like billions of dollars into all that, which is crazy.
3: Yeah. And if anything now, it seems like people have not necessarily commodified, but they've definitely monetized these like niche interests and brought them more to the mainstream where it's more acceptable for people to be open about these views and express like, oh, I do like Star Wars. I do like this and that stuff that people would get either picked on or like maybe even denigrated for liking back in the day. Like now that's, quote unquote, the mainstream. And it's like, well, damn, you guys have occupied my space. (laughs) Where am I supposed to fit without now looking, now being associated with you guys who are superficially interested. Like like, that's, that's at least what it looks like to me because you have the real fans who've been here ever since and then you people have people who've just arrived and aren't being necessarily the best house guests, you know?
2: Or you mean people who, like, only watch the Marvel movies.
3: Exactly.
2: Well, and they you... claim
3: to be huge Marvel fans. Like, yeah, the cinematic universe, but you don't know the context necessarily of the characters in why the movie exists as it does.
1: You like Spider-Man? Name three storylines he's been in. <laughs> exactly, like those kinds of things. <laughs> hey, we got a new addition to the pod because we have our music editor, Julio Taku. Yes.
2: <laughs> Beverly, nice to meet you. So Wait. you're the music editor? Yes. Cool, cool. Yes.
1: Myself and
2: Deanna. And a regular host of um, Press Play. Yes, indeed. Yeah, word.
1: Yes, Let's dive in. What is the role of music journalist in society?
2: You know, I've, I've actually been kind of like thinking about that a lot because... um. I think sometimes like i write about music and i actually don't want that to affect the music scene yes. or like musicians right. mm-hmm. like i don't want musicians to read what i wrote
3: and then take it to heart right
2: yeah or in like or like i don't want it to like affect what i wrote because like what we were talking about um before you came in is how like one thing that bothers me is how many uh Music journalists who write about hip hop are white males. I mm. <laughs> yeah. love you, Fantano, bud. <laughs> <laughs> you know this this song is is actually a lot like uh, the cover in that um, it's it's kind of like a ladder to nowhere. Yeah, Good. and I mean, like there are white male music journalists who write about hip hop who like I'd take a bullet for. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, one of them. Yeah, because they're well enough. Yeah. Um, Sean. I mean, he's just a really great journalist and a nice person Mm -hmm. and a personal friend. But besides that, I worry that it's like, that you have like a lot of people who aren't like... From the culture. Yeah, or like they are in a way, but in a weird way and they have an outsized influence over the culture.
1: How how do you mean like weird way? Like what
2: would you say about that? As in like... They maybe they eat, sleep, and breathe hip hop, but they're still a white guy from Connecticut, yeah.
1: Like Makes it's sense. a
3: fishbowl, yeah. but you're on the outside looking yeah. into the fishbowl, it's not from the yeah. inside looking out where everything else is magnified. Yeah, that, you're just a lot of,
1: that's like all the rap bloggers from like the 2000s are not bloggy or like if you think about it, all the writers I mean, they're good writers, but they're all like you know, white guys from Jersey or Chicago. Yeah, and it's really funny
3: because as cool as hip hop is, if you're a white hip hop fan to the extent that some of these white journalists are, you're seen as a nerd. <laughs> yeah, Isn't that right. ironic? You can, yeah, wait, that is You're occupying here. a space which is, by nature, cool. But because you're a white guy enjoying it, you're seen as a nerd. You're called a music nerd. It is kind. Yes, that is that is like, interesting. That's something I've only that realized is, recently. Because yeah. Anthony Fantano was seen as a nerd, but if it was somebody else who's black and just uh, um, enjoys, you would be hip-hop. like expected to have exactly. encyclopedic it's knowledge like, oh, of hip hop. Well, you should know yeah. some of this, so it's cool that you can speak in on it. But, but I do feel even you do research your. Automatically made a nerd,
2: but then if you think about it, like hip hop can be very nerdy. It can. That's true. You
3: yeah. know. Since it's a Pippa butterfly, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> try to dissect one song on there without getting nerdy.
0: Yeah, even with the whole nerd label or context that comes into it, I feel like that doesn't necessarily like come through to the audience or the person who is um kind of taking in the review or the critique. Right, yeah. Because when you look at Fantano, like I said, I mentioned this before. I have friends who will live and die by the choices that fantano makes yeah or whatever whatever number rating he gives an album they will literally um kind of take in whether or not that's a great album or whether that's a terrible mm-hmm. album based on that number and, then and not yeah exactly to it. it's like yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly, and yeah. like
2: he's kind of canceled now i don't know what what is interesting to me is that like about him is that uh he's incredibly influential in an era yeah. when a lot of critics aren't that influential or don't seem that influential Or people say like, oh, well, actually what people inside media have been saying for years is like, oh, well, now that people can just find music on the Internet, it Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. Like critics don't matter anymore. But I think they do. I think they influence the culture.
0: People always want that one person they can look to to like, I don't know, maybe it's just they want to find something out before a friend or they just Mm -hmm. want like they want someone to tell them like, hey, tell me what's on the come up right now. Because it's like, especially now, there's so much to sift through that you kind of do need. Something like, I don't know, whether it's an AI or a person, like you need something to sift through a lot of it. That works. so much Yeah, and like through. maybe even
2: do some of the research for you that you don't want to do. But also it's like, you know, critics who are like really smart and really care can also explain, help you navigate what's going on in music. You know, because sometimes people will have like one reaction to an artist and they'll be like, oh, they're not real. Oh, they're lame. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And then someone else can explain, no, this is why this person is actually awesome. And that's really valuable when a critic can do it really well. I'm not sure if I'm that person, but uh, I definitely admire the writers who do it and do it well, you know. And, yeah, so I think, like, reports of the death of music criticism have been exaggerated and because, like, people like Anthony Fantano still really matter. Yeah, true. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, okay, wait. Malone, you hear a bunch of, like, a bunch I of different like rappers. Is Anthony Fantano, Fantano yeah. responsible for, like, Post Malone getting big? Oh, no,
0: he
1: trashed him. He trashed that him.
0: That probably
2: yeah. actually helped his career. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: honestly. Yeah.
1: Him because and Jeff Him and Jeff Weiss have both, like, raised him up to a huge level.
2: <sighs> by hating him. Yeah. Right. Haters make you famous. True.
1: Sure, sure. yeah. yeah. He did give Hobo Johnson an aid though true he did he did weird good luck to my future wives and the future lives without
0: me you guys will do great i'm sure that i've prepared you for every guy you'll date
2: i don't hate hobo johnson i don't love him i'm indifferent i'm like i'm very much <laughs> indifferent about i've yet hobo to even John.
3: listen to a work by him so yeah i'm i think i'm like the most unbiased <laughs> sitting here right now because i've yet to hear him so if I do, if and when I do listen to them, I could then like speak on them, but I don't want to do a premature review or just go off what some other people have said. That's another thing that exists in the music reviewer like ecosystem because you do have some people who release like the review or the reaction like the day of or the day after, or like very, like very shortly after the album's actually dropped. And you haven't had time to sit down and digest that album. Yes, you might have listened to it eight times the day it dropped, but. You were probably in the same relative mood the whole time, so that's going to influence how you take in the music and your opinion of it. It really does take time to digest things, yeah. Sit for for about a week and then decide, all right, this is how I feel about it.
2: That's um, that's a problem, actually, because it stresses out music journalists. They do not like that.
3: It's very nerve-wracking because I considered reviewing certain albums when they dropped. I remember when Igor dropped. I was like, oh, I want to do a write-up on this, but then I was like, really just came out and right now i'm ecstatic about it because i wanted another tyler album let me listen to it and even like on my commute home i'll listen to certain songs and their nuances in the music that i'm just now picking up yeah and And it short changes the music listening to other reviews and now i'm experiencing it in a new light from when it released so i don't know if they need to shorten the amount of time or lengthen the amount of time rather between when the album drops and when they review it Or what they have to do because us as consumers, we're pretty selfish. We want it now because we're used to having it now. So when they release it now and it's slightly diluted because they haven't had time to sit with the music and truly enjoy it and review what they feel about it, we get mad at them.
2: I think what (laughs) they need to do is start giving music journalists Mm -hmm. the record a month before anyone else has it.
3: Like let them into the listening parties.
2: That, we're at the listening parties, but like the listening parties are just like so freaking loud. Yeah. You can't do that. You need to give us the music and let us sit with it for a while. Yeah, I
3: wouldn't want to want to have been in Wyoming when Kanye did his release. Like that's too much because everybody there is ecstatic. It's positive vibes and everything. You can't be. I think when you're listening to an album, even if you have anticipation for it, you should be kind of in an in a different mood so you can be as unbiased as possible when you do listen to it.
2: If I wanted to be a music journalist right now and like have an audience, I would do it on YouTube. Fantano had the right idea.
3: Yeah, it worked. he was ahead of the curve on that.
2: Yeah, but, I, and, but people still don't realize it. Like people in the mainstream of media mm-hmm. are like talking about podcasts and investing money in that and like podcasts are cool and I think in many ways they're the future. Mm-hmm. But um, if I wanted an immediate audience and to be making money, I'd be doing it on YouTube. Yeah, YouTubers make money. Oh, they do. But that. it's like not considered like I don't know, classy or whatever. To yeah, it's be a not YouTuber. seen as like a
3: viable profession because so many people do it, and the persona they put out is so, so superficial. Yeah, that there's that like, influencer. I don't want any part of that. Yeah, that the whole influencer, influencer stigma. Thing. nobody wants to listen to a quote unquote influencer,
1: but you have a huge audience that does. I don't hear a Logan Paul review an album.
3: I'd, I wouldn't either. I'd pay not to.
2: And a lot of people, as we were discussing earlier, get into journalism but they don't really need money. They just want the prestige involved in yeah. being a journalist. Yeah. So yeah, I if you Pitchfork. don't care about prestige, you should just be a YouTuber and actually have influence.
3: Yeah, the stakes are much lower and you determine how much is put out and what the stakes are if it's your content.
2: And it's
1: on your terms too, so you're not mm-hmm. like at the you know you're not at the helm of like Plus YouTube big corporate thing. is like
2: one of the few companies in the world that um Actually pays people who create content. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's true. Yeah.
2: Um, get those ad checks. Full disclosure: I was a freelance journalist for a long time, mm-hmm. and now because I'm technically uh, employed by a recruiting agency, who uh, supplies me to YouTube, because it's like I don't work for Google, but I mm-hmm. do get health insurance. So um, okay. through the recruiting agency.
4: to stop. Ruanda, tipo Tchara Wakanda, veneno black mamba. Bandoleiro em bando, que é o comando dessas bandas. Essa noite vocês vão ver mais sangue do que o hotel Ruanda. A era vem selvagem, Pantera sem amarra, mostra garra. Negra, eu trouxe a noite como camuflagem. Sou vingador, vingador dos esmagado pela engrenagem. Vocês veem o golpe, eu vim sabotagem. Místico, mil orixás num panteão. Bravo, mato o colono, pô no fim. Igual leão, não te salvo. Puxando grave, mesmo entrave nunca eu agravo, monstro, crânio Brânia, eu te corto em 12 avos Raiô tipo embolte, 10 mil volts uh, Ancestrais aplaudem, gravem, uh, tá, tá. nem rir sem conto Memória longa, pá, viu, curto nesse aponte, pá Digam que o Zika voltou tipo Maca Com e frieza, mano Se abarra, é pesada, certeza é voltar Tipo Pantera Negra Tipo Pantera Negra Com a e frieza, mano Se abarra, é pesada, certeza é voltar Ela adora milagem, brota na base, bem Nicki Minaj hora miragem, japa miragem, mirage, bons saltos Senhores fuck bonde, igual lanterna antena verde Eu tô bem super choque um novo mais vermelho, uma nova travessia. Pro povo ter reis no espelho, minha caneta cria. Rua, gotem, supremem mais tecnologia. Simbólico tipo guia na madrugada fria. Vim esmagar boy que debocha da cultura black. Um Casparão vai brindar a mate, assinar o cheque. Sou anti-sinhozinho, independente nas tracks. Rato, respeita meu tempo, não seja moleque. Se vende o Spike Lee, Medruzeli. Tô levando o Brasil, estilo Maurício com Bruce. Tipo Solange, um lugar na mesa. Negra ou morena, na dúvida chame a de princesa. Autoconhecimento, autoajuda, fluxo do tempo, tipo sempre, tipo Buda. Amor pra encher mil livros, tipo cabo ou Neruda. Quem casou com a tempestade, não se liga em guarda-chuva. Tem deu e frieza, mano. Se é pesada, certeza é volta Tipo Pantera Negra, okay. tipo Pantera Negra. Guaga. Mano, se barra é pesada, certeza é voltar. Tipo Pantera Negra, Tipo Pantera Negra, com a garra, razão e frieza, mano. Se a barra é pesada, certeza é voltar. Tipo Pantera Negra, Tipo Pantera Negra, com a garra, razão e frieza, mano. Se a barra é pesada, certeza é voltar. É isso mesmo, titio! A rua é nóis! <risos> <risos> Laboratório fantasma, MCDA, felicitação! Estamos de volta, garoto!
2: Absolutely. Yeah, it yeah. it's going to be it's going to be weird you guys when you leave and you'll come back to the press office and in like a month He'll have forgotten who you are and be like, who are oh, you? No, 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 no You're not I, a college student. I'm the emotional guy who cries when people
3: leave like that
2: Aww. Actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, I'm still friends with you, um Bunches of people from the Stony Brook press. I oh, still like awesome. hang out with them and stuff like that Yeah, so they like uh, saved my life and things like that
1: But Beverly one question I do I want to backtrack to the, one second how did, because um, you started up doing mostly that, you want to get into local politics and stuff, covering that, how did that morph into um, arts and culture and music and stuff?
2: Um, Well, like, life is terrible yeah. and the world is a terrible place. Yeah, it and it got to a point where like, I couldn't really deal with that. And music was like my escape. Nice. So, you know, you, especially living in Las Vegas, um, there's some grim stuff going on there. And so like just I couldn't I couldn't deal with real life. And like I like I found that like writing about music actually made me really happy um, because it's like one of I'm getting emo again because it, this is taking me back to my college days when I was super emo. Music is like one of the few things in like human life that's like almost always like good and pure Mm -hmm. it's so good and pure that the music industry can't mess it up and the music industry is like an awful awful place (laughs) yeah that's
3: been the theme since it started
2: yeah (laughs) but music stays awesome and beautiful and sure. so writing about that actually made me a lot happier than writing mm-hmm. about politics yeah it's nice to be able to write about something good that human beings do exactly. for once yeah, yeah. Amen. <laughs> well, my first job out of college was i was a receptionist and then i worked at a kinko's but after that i got a job at a an alternative weekly in las vegas nice. and i actually wasn't even that good at writing news mm-hmm. stories it turns out but they got me to write some reviews and then they got me to write more reviews and it turns out that like, I may not be the best writer at all, but I'm definitely better at writing reviews and features and interviewing bands and because I am a nerd and I can't just like listen to an album. I listen to an album and I have questions and then I wanna get the person who made the album on the phone and ask them about it. Mm And for some reason, this, is, this has never gotten old for me. I had a friend from high school oh. who was going to UNLV, and um, teachers, journalism professors, and different people at Stony Brook had like, told me, don't try to go to the city and mm-hmm. get a job. Get a job at a smaller paper, which is the advice that like made sense back then because there were smaller papers. Mm. Um, the paper that I was at out in Las Vegas doesn't exist anymore. Oh. So there there were other jobs and it made sense to like go to a smaller city and like, you know, you could get, um, you know, where there might be more opportunities mm, and like right. you could start out. I'm not sure if that was really that great advice because like maybe if I had ignored them and gone to the city, I would have gotten a job in the city and I wouldn't have taken it wouldn't have taken me 15 years to be back in the city doing media things there so you just
1: got back so you just recently came back to uh, new york No,
2: i've been back for 10 years at any rate i wound up back in the city anyway okay so i took their advice and it worked out but it took a long time yeah
0: (laughs) yeah yeah. do you think that advice kind of applies now because i feel like in i guess like major cities or markets or whatever like new york or los angeles it's so saturated that it almost does seem like you're better off going to a smaller more niche place that nobody else has sort of like dug into I don't know, somewhere in like the Midwest or the South or other cities because not even that they're just cheaper, but it's like there's so much in there that not a lot that nobody else knows about.
2: I mean, yeah, living, going to like a smaller city could be fun just because it's like easier to live there. But there aren't a lot of jobs in media anymore because, like, uh, smaller publications have been shutting down. Um, media has been consolidated on the coasts. In theory, you should be able to work from anywhere. But all these job postings are, like, must live in New York City. Yeah, true. Um, I don't know. Some ideas that might be interesting would be, like, move to another country. Like, right now, like, it might, I think it might be interesting to, like, write about, to, like, Live in Mexico City, where my friend Richard has gone, and you know, I could write about music there, and um, it's cheaper to live, mm-hmm. um, and you can report on things that for publications in the United States that um, people in like the people in New York City will not know about, right? Um, so, and honestly, like, you know, when I was a kid, my dream was to be a foreign correspondent. And if I had known how to play my cards right, what I would have done instead of like taking people's advice to like try to work your, your way up to being a foreign correspondent is move to another country, learn the language and then start pitching stories because that's how they do things now it's like i think maybe in like the 80s they like took people and like hired them and sent them out but now they use freelancers and that's how you actually end up getting to cover things overseas which like you know i would have had to pick one country and learn the language there and i would have done that with like what money i don't know but um (laughs) yeah but yeah i don't know i guess like just as general life advice living in another city if you've grown up in new york like going someplace else and checking it out it's is just a, good, yeah, is it's a great cool great, idea yeah, yeah life career, experience yeah. makes you a better writer but like for your career yeah go to the city sure. <laughs> if you can i don't know
0: yeah and i guess um yeah you mentioned that that whole idea of like going to Mex- mexico city and covering the scene there uh we talked about this a little bit before before recording but you mentioned uh that gig you had at mtv mm-hmm. so, oh, that yeah. i just thought was really interesting MTV, that was almost yeah. kind of a ahead of the curve, could you go like more deeper yeah. into detail with that?
2: Okay, so yeah, another, in in the long strange tale of um, my career in media, uh, my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, and I moved from Atlanta to New York City, and I had the idea that I was gonna be a, um, I was gonna work in publishing, because in Atlanta I'd been working at a bookstore and like writing a copy for a book catalog, mm. And then, yeah, that didn't work out, but I got a job at a, an MTV website about music called MTV Iggy, and the idea was that we were going to try to introduce um, American audiences to pop culture from all around the world. Hello everyone, and welcome to the MTV Iggy show, the outdoors edition. I'm Heather Holiday, and I'm taking it to the streets of New York to show you the hottest music from around the world. Let's go. Which is interesting because I always wanted to be a foreign correspondent and now I was stateside writing about things going on in the rest of the world, but it wasn't news, it was music. So I couldn't have predicted that, but it's weird how things come full circle. And I eventually became the editor of the website, and then MTV, after pouring bizarre amounts of money into the project, shut it down a few years later. Yeah, but that was incredible because I, at the time, it was like the height of blog rock. (laughs) Like, uh, clap your hands, say yeah. Or even like um, Vampire Weekend, uh, if you want. You know, basically yeah. that era of music. Um, of like indie rock that was mostly, hey. people found out about it on blogs.
0: No, oh, yeah, blog era. Because I mean like an idea like that, like I said, it was kind of, it sounds like it's almost ahead of its time. Especially with the um, Latin trap. We mentioned this K-pop too.
2: Mm-hmm. This would, would be an incredible time to yeah, would be, be at MTV now, Iggy. But...
0: Yeah, and even if they, if they transferred it over to like a video format, like you said. That would even be better like what was the missing element back then that didn't necessarily like kick it off
2: well on the one hand um audiences were not ready like Mm. if you already knew about say like okay so i was writing about like indie rock from mexico i was writing about afro beats i was writing about dance hall i was writing about soca I was writing about, um, and all of this is stuff that I just found out about. Like, I learned about it once I went there. And the reason I brought up Blog, Blog Rock is because I was so bored of, like, writing about the four white dudes, the same four white dudes from Ohio yeah. who had just moved to Williamsburg and started, like, a middling indie rock band. Woven Baskets. Yikes, that's, somehow that's perfect. Yeah, exactly. Josh and Mike Booth came up with that name. What is that? Uh, a,
1: friend of my, no, a friend of ours on the radio station uh, came up with that. Is that
2: like a name for like a generic, boring yeah, indie rock band?
1: He wants to move this into a fake like, indie rock band kind of thing. and call it Woven Basket. Yeah,
0: it's like Woven Basket, Diet Sig. Like just names <laughs> like that where it just like it's very...
2: So, yeah, I was so bored of writing about Woven Basket and... You know, I was starting to get into like Tanariwen or like um, heavy metal from Japan Ooh, or like, you know, different stuff. And then I was offered this job and I was like, yes, I want to I want to research. I want to deeply research um, hip hop from Brazil, oh, okay. um, which there's an amazing, amazing artists there. Really? Check out Emicida or like, and this was like the era when like Mad Decent was getting more famous and like oh, people, hipsters Ooh. were like, oh, life Funk, oh, Electro oh, Cumbia word. from like, or like ZZEG Records was like cool, like ZZK right. Records. And so it was kind of like the era where like hipsters were like into this kind of stuff. Like yeah, yeah. MIA had not yet jumped the shark. And then like uh, Gangnam Style happened, uh. like with um, Psy and that was amazing. Gangnam <laughs> Style. I'll never forget where I was because I was at my desk.
4: Where were you, when
1: you, where were you the day you hurt Sally?
2: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, really. Where were you? No, I was at Sally? my desk. Oh, word. Um, and then I emailed the guy. I took the video, which already had like an unimaginable number of views, and emailed the guy who was in charge of our K-pop website and was like, why didn't you tell us about this? Did you, do you know about this? What's going on? <laughs>
0: and then it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and never stopped. Honestly, and then that was came out
1: with gentlemen, and then it got bigger and bigger. And <laughs> now we have VTS and all of them. Well, yeah, Seventeen have... older is only thirteen members. That was
2: that was a wild ride. <laughs> yeah. But I think the missing element, honestly, was partly the people weren't ready. Like I started describing all the things I was writing about because if you were already hip to that, you were into it, and you saw our website and you thought we were cool. Oh, right. And like you know, kids in other countries who were used to like, you know, consuming culture from the United States were excited to see um people in the United States finally like writing about like the culture and like the bands that they had. Right. So like we had our small fan base, which was weird. Like people were always tweeting, oh MTV MTV Iggy is the only cool part about MTV. So it was it was nice to have like cred with like some hip kids on the internet, but uh We weren't like doing the numbers, but partly that has to do with internal stuff with MTV and like us like maybe not being promoted that much. But like why would you promote us? We were like this weird like global pop culture website. I don't know. It's there's a there's a lot of reasons and I try to explain it, like particularly when I'm in job interviews. (laughs) People are like, So why didn't the website you were in charge of work out? And I'm like, it's complicated. Why was
1: it called MTV Iggy?
2: That there's no good reason for that. You know, it's, what, it was really weird. It yeah. was like apparently an acronym, but I think that was even a lie.
0: I don't know. Igg G, G, what? That's
2: Intelligent gratification something global youth. That's oh, that's <laughs> a lot. I'm like that that's...
1: sounds like a marketing name. Okay, guys, we need to come up with a good name. Like I yeah, got it. It unvi- puts a cloak off the board. Iggy
2: something yeah something to do
0: with global youth. Or, I don't or... know. But I feel so, like now the world is so small now because of social media that yeah. i don't know you have like sites like the fader covering like yeah they'll be covering i don't know diet sig or what was it woven basket but they'll also <laughs> be covering bad money and like whoever else is coming out of, like, the Latin trap scene well, right like, now. like,
2: the theater's always been there, yeah. and
0: they've yeah, always exactly. been doing always, that. Yeah, they're, one, they're, and, one,
1: they're one of the good ones, as we would say. It's like all
0: those publications are just starting to get on that wave, really. And, yeah. like, they're just like, okay, wait a second. We have to, like,
2: well, really diversify. I feel like it's more, like, well, re- like yeah. more
1: diversity with just the talent nowadays. You're seeing Definitely, more, yeah. like, like, Pitchfork just came, I mean, they, they, they jumped on recently, kind of came up with uh, levels, thanks to, you know, Timothep and Alphonse and stuff. I think they're getting rid of that. Already? Oh, yeah. yeah, I think levels is just folding back into the music. All right, thing, well, yeah. that was nice one lasted, but um, they still got you know, yeah, fader's always me. been. I mean, fader was ahead. That was like there. to be They were always kind of doing it like that, so they're good. But like, yeah, actually,
2: fader was like the one I really looked up to. Yeah. when I when we started, so like we can't even really take credit for that kind of thing because fader was way ahead of the curve. Oh, They've yeah. always been. um
1: always had a lot of really good talent pool and good just like coverage and that kind of thing. Yeah,
2: and then um. Also, I definitely took a lot of notes from a blog that doesn't exist anymore called Club Phonogramma. Who, who and, wrote that blog? Uh, oh, like,
1: when you say blog, you mean like a blog, like, like a, It was a blog, blog, just a blog. Okay. Who, oh, okay. do you know who wrote that
2: blog? Um, I don't remember the guy's name, or was it Carlos Reyes? Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah, if you look up Club Phonogramma, there's articles about it. People called it the Latin pitchfork. Okay. It was like a kid in, uh, like I think he was in Texas or like somewhere in the Southwest. And that took off, and it became, like, it was really influential in, like, publicizing a lot of, like, indie bands from Latin America, and just, I read it every day. They had such great stuff, and that's where I found out about bands like Denver, and um, Javier Ameyna, and basically every, like, there's all these really, really cool indie pop bands from Chile, Mm -hmm. and, yeah, just really was introduced to all kinds of cool stuff. And then I just ripped them off. Yeah. yeah, or, like, the fader wasn't ripping us off. We were ripping the fader off. Yeah, yeah And I like understand. If you're
1: going to rip anyone off, throw your mother up the fader off. Yeah. And I mean, but this was
2: definitely, like... And Crying I'm... I've, I mean, I'm not proud of that, that, like... But it was also, like, just how media was working at the time. Like, my boss was... This was what my boss was telling me to do. Mm-hmm. And it's what a lot of places um we're definitely doing it at the time and to some extent still are like the whole like clickbait news reporting thing where it's just like people just reblogged things yeah. and every site would have the same story because one site would break it and then everyone would reblog it yeah, yeah and it's not really fun for that to be your job to just reblog things and i tried to do as much original reporting as possible but that was the era of media that i was working in
0: i mean i, s- I still see a lot of that today but are there like any other specific sites or publications or sources right now that are that you think are just doing really interesting
2: work or mm-hmm. just like are really on the cusp of things
1: or any writers in particular even
2: oh yeah um i've definitely become more of a writer's person than um yeah, same, than so a, a website person these yeah, days I, yeah, I feel that yeah. so
1: where's some writers you really like digging right
2: now um well gary like suarez you guys know gary suarez yeah, yep. know he's gary. the shit i know gary suarez I want someone to hire him. Someone hire Gary. He or, well, he, he's, well,
1: he's always talking about how much he like, prefers being freelance.
2: Anyway, Gary's Gary's a hero of mine, um, and because he he writes great stuff. Oh, he does. You know who's still cool is Ramescla.
1: Yeah, they're really yeah. good.
2: And like I've written for Ramescla a lot, so I say that. But like the editorial staff for years, Ramescla was what I think a news publication should be. They were really close to their audience. They were honest. Um, they were covering things other people weren't covering. The writing was great. Um, it's been going through a lot of changes, but I think it's probably still gonna be great. I just don't know. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Who is good a lot of places that I write for. I think Bandcamp is great. Mm. Oh yeah, they've Um, been doing it, yeah. Because they're one of the few places that like writes about small bands anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Discalnik also is the shit. Um, Mark J.
1: Moore was great when he was there. Yeah, they're... yeah. yeah. He's writing a book on Kendrick Lamar now, which I'm really oh, excited for. Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard about I that. I really That's want to read good. that.
2: Wow, you guys are up on everyone. i pitched him Marks before. He was a really cool dude. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of things. I mean, like, honestly... You know Michelle, you know Michelle Luke? She's a... no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: She's really cool. She, she, I mean, she's more into, like... She, she does more, like, rave. She, does, like, she covers, like, rave culture and stuff, which is a really cool beat that I'm, I am think is really interesting. Weird. You don't see a lot of.
2: Especially because, like, yeah, um, underground electronic music is very interesting right now. Oh, it really is. Yeah, it's, it's and like having so read a
1: lot of her stuff, I'm like, this is really this is a whole world I didn't even know about.
2: Yeah, I almost feel like that's where like the culture in um New York City has gone. Mm-hmm. Like when I first moved to New York, it was all about like um DIY venues like Glasslands, mm-hmm. 285 Kent, Death by Audio, and I would go to see lots of indie bands there. And those have all closed down. And now there's a bunch of like underground clubs in Bushwick and where people go and dance to like really hard dirty techno and that's just what all the kids are doing now and i actually i think it's really cool because it's like a new culture yeah you know it's a new Um, thing that's happening
0: is it possible for venues like that to exist now without any sort of corporate sponsorship? on the other end like corporate sponsorship isn't necessarily a bad thing you have uh, companies like red bull who did really great work I, like well like I what think,
2: venues are corporate yeah. sponsored like that's not the issue yeah like those venues weren't up to code or like but they were always like existing in like a legal gray area um but what is changing is that they've sort of changed the laws and there's more support from the city like they've opened a um an office of nightlife oh yeah I heard and oh, wow, okay. yeah so it should get there should be so now there's a liaison between like people who are trying to do like culture at night and the city city agencies like the police, the fire department, things like that. But the police and the fire department will like show up at a random bar still and do this thing called marching where like everyone where like a bunch of city agencies and cops and stuff will show up at your club and just like inspect you like, like do a surprise inspection basically and basically make your life miserable. And so the city, in many ways, has been for a long time really unfriendly to um, music venues, things like that. Mm -hmm. And so it's been incredibly hard to run a small music venue, which is, you know, people within the city recognize is bad because you want culture in the city. But you also want the safety, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I think it's not so much a matter of, like, corporate sponsorship as, like, you know, the city and... Underground musical economy working together to, you know, create things that are sustainable. A new venue has opened up by the same folks who did Glasslands, um, and it's called Elsewhere. And they do all ages shows. And, like, if you've ever been there, it's like a really yeah, nice. I've been there a couple times. Yeah. Um, it's huge and it has a DIY sort of vibe, but everything's up to code, and they're doing everything they can to um, not get shut down. And it's a large venue, but they're still booking smaller bands and trying to support art and culture. And so... Thing is probably the future. Anyway, the DIY ven- the DIY venue era was fun and wild, but yeah. you can still have music mm-hmm. and cool punk bands without like it being that. And I don't know, that was another generation. Like, no the culture's moved on. Kids oh, want to rave now.
0: Throwing it back and also shrinking it back is, I guess. Like, what's up with the sh- like? What were the like
2: just shows like around here?
1: Oh yeah, back then, honestly. What was then, like honestly? What were the culture like?
2: Ha! Yeah. Um. It was like I was going to like hardcore shows at like Polish halls and like church basements Ooh. and like people's houses. Right. Um. That's what there was. I don't. There were like some. There were some interesting bands around Stony Brook, but like, I don't. I don't remember like a lot of really good bands playing on campus. All pop punk. In yeah, mostly. That's a long island. I think the Get Up Kids came here once. <laughs> and I remember like Mira and the Reggie Blow. Perfect played one time oh yeah um was it reggie it was i think the i think bomb the music industry played here one time no but it wasn't bomb the music industry it was was adam and his package yeah adam and his package played which you probably don't even know who that is i guess i mean you mentioned youtube
0: what's like another medium that you think just has a lot of untapped potential
2: yeah um i think there's still headroom for podcasts because like people love podcasts like people love listening to people talk Good format you know um, yeah. what you doing here? exactly and you know i don't even really listen to podcasts but i know that people do if i was gonna start a media thing right now it would probably be a newsletter there's ways to monetize that yeah. like i i think on the margin for a while i was an economics major before i was i finally settled on history and so it's sort of like yeah i want like i want media projects to be sustainable right. you know
1: i'm someone who's like i mean i'm trying to do i'm I mean, I'm pitching around places i'm trying to like apply for jobs and everything but yeah, i'm also trying to start my own kind of thing to my own you know my own side to kind of hustling, try to make some way there and i be and i have a pot i do a podcast and like a youtube channel thing but i was thinking about you know writing wise because i do want to focus on a little bit mm-hmm. like i have a medium i, I have I'm, i have like a a blog i use but i was thinking about maybe going to a newsletter format i don't know if it'd be i mean i'm look i'm not a big out of huge following but like I was wondering if that maybe would be interesting. Would you say, yeah, it's like someone like me who's trying to just make stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean there are ways to monetize that. Exactly, and, that's what I like about it. You know, I think it's hard to get noticed on Medium. Right. And a lot of people will tell you unless Medium is paying you, like don't. I would use
1: WordPress, but I don't want to. I can't afford to keep paying for sites.
2: Yeah, that's that's a problem. So, when I was, um, so like
1: when I say like Substack, and I'm like people like Chris Ott and Dan Ozie. And like Luke O'Neill are now I couldn't
2: of- remember the name of the site, but like that would have that was like my pipe dream before I got a full time job is I was gonna try to start a website or I was gonna try to start a newsletter and sort of like try to monetize it that way.
1: Yeah, so I was thinking about maybe doing that. Would you say it's maybe like a worthwhile just a try and see what happens? Yeah, because like right now you have nothing to lose. I don't have anything to lose. That's true. I'm as just try I mean I have no I don't have There's no one to subscribe to me now, but I guess I can change if I keep working at it. I don't know.
2: Do you have any followers on Twitter? Uh yeah. Try to get them to sign up. Okay.
1: Well.
0: Word. <laughs> Honestly, word. Yeah, word.
1: Wait, what? What's wrong with Medium? Would you say like would, would that say? Well, I mean, like you it don't the you don't
2: everywhere. own it, yeah. and it's hard for people to find you. Yeah, word. Um, and I don't know. There's not a lot of capabilities with it. Yeah. It's just text. Yeah, word. You know, word. and like people don't like to read. That's but true. like, and also it's like I if I wanted to follow you on Medium, I'd have to be going to Medium all the time. Yeah, that's true. I would actually rather get your words in my inbox. That's true. Yeah, sure. Because I'm extremely lazy. I am too. And um I but I check my email constantly. I do. All right. (laughs) So I guess
0: um what's some media that you've kind of been like keeping up like any music? of Course it could be music, but it could be film, could be books, could be anything really. Like what's some that you've been like keeping up with recently that's like really like got your attention? Just
2: I am obsessed with Instagram. And um, lately I've been getting into uh, like French fashion bloggers mm-hmm. just because like, well, I'm 38 and I just started a new job. So I'm like, I'm like, ah, uh, how do I dress myself? I dress <laughs> like a music journalist. <laughs> work, yeah. I think like this, um, I'm like for those who aren't here right now, I'm wearing um, a plaid shirt from H&M. And I'm pretty sure it has tomato sauce stains on it. So I look like a music journalist and yeah. I just don't want being I just I'm just like mad at being the cliche. So like Yeah,
0: no, they that's what was something I've noticed is that they all kind of do have the same style, which is And like do I not yeah. look
2: exactly like the rest of them?
0: Yeah. It's a yeah. thing.
2: <laughs> um in fact, like but I think it's like weird. It's like if you try to look cool, the other music journalists will make fun of you. I showed up to a show and like a fellow music writer uh made fun of me. Like I think he I think he was making fun of me because I was wearing a leather jacket. He's like, cool jacket. And I'm like, leather jackets are in fashion or like in style this season, dude. It's called Fashion Sweaty. Look it up. Cool. (laughs) Um, But yeah. Uh, So I'm obsessed with fashion bloggers on Instagram. And um, also, I'm reading a science fiction. No, I'm reading a a series um, called Rivers of London that I'm obsessed with. Um, It's by a guy named Ben Aronovich. It's set in London. And it's about a young it's like a detective series it's about oh, nice. a young police officer who gets involved in a secret branch of um like british uh, of the british police force that handles um crimes related to magic so of course involving this he has to first find out that magic exists okay. and then he gets um they put him on the uh magic police force which oh, exists the boy. special task force for magic oh very men in black kind of yeah, yeah but, like cool. Yeah, but yeah. magic. Power, yeah. I like this. And then he and it's great. There's a bunch of books. I can't put it down. I meant to listen to your podcast on the way over here. I've listened to one episode, but I really just wanted to read my book instead. Nice. So yeah, I like um I like paranormal novels. Nice. I'm very into that. I would if I had more free time, I would try to write one of those because that's a good way to make money. Much better than writing about music. And uh, I still love comic books. Nice. There's a series that I'm very excited about. Um, called Snot Girl. Oh, yeah. word!
0: Brian I Lee love Snot, Snot Girl. Girl. Oh my god! I actually interviewed him from um, yeah for the press. Actually, where, really? Yeah. I like so, um. I I need to keep up. I need to keep up with that more Scott Snot Girl. I like just uh. Yeah. Finish the first few issues, but I haven't like gone past that yet.
2: So that series is the shit. Um, really I love yeah. So I love comic books, but like you know, if you guys are like asking me about music, I have been listening to a lot of music. I've obviously been listening to um. I've been listening to a lot of indie rock because I just started a job where I'm the like content specialist in indie rock and alternative.
0: Oh, word. So it's genre specific. Yes. Yes.
2: So I am I am like I'm like Ms. Indie Rock, um, but I always have been. And oh, yeah. And I've been very lucky that since I started this job, a lot of great albums have come out. Check out Memory by Vivian Girls. That's definitely on my hot list. Yes. I feel like there hasn't been a lot of fanfare about this album, Mm -hmm. which is called Memory, but it's pretty darn good. Um, It sounds very current, but it also sounds like Vivian Girls. And I feel like there hasn't been a lot of fanfare because like kids don't remember Vivian Girls, but they were the shit. That first album is like everything. What else have I been listening to? There's a newer band called Slender Bodies that I think is pretty cool. I'm sitting here going through my iTunes on my phone because that's how I listen to music and like figuring out like what I've been hearing that's like actually been inspiring and like what do I actually like because uh, small secret I kind of hate everything and yeah so those are those are two things I've been listening to that I thought were good.
0: Do you think maybe like you're like I don't know like the way you sort of listen to music differs in the way like other people might listen to music or do you feel like you have almost kind of find yourself like being like almost too pickier because like there are times where i just have to like turn off that part of my brain that just really wants to be critical about the music i'm listening to Mm -hmm. and just listen to music that otherwise i would think is just absolute trash or music that i just would not
2: and then, like, forced yourself to give it, like, a fair evaluation?
0: Not even just a fair evaluation, but just really just, like... Oh, just to just, enjoy it. Yeah, just take it for what it is kind of thing, really.
2: Yeah. I wish I could do that. Um, I've, I'm, like... I think like my brain is wired for music journalism where I can't just listen to something like I listen to it. and I I'm immediately have questions about it. Like I think when I was like a li- and like I hate when people like start talking about their careers or whatever. Or they go on something like this and they start talking about like, well, when I was a little kid. But also I think one of the first I think that when I was a little kid, like I drove my parents up the wall because like there'd be like some AM radio song about like on the radio about like infidelity or something. And I'd be like, Dad, what's that song about? <laughs> and he'd be like infidelity. And I'm like, what's that? Well let me t- <laughs> well, let me, well, I gotta tell you but it'd be
1: better if I sung it to you. Well Yeah. The dad.
2: So like I never didn't have I never didn't have like questions about the song on the radio that I wanted answers to. Um so I never turn I've never I don't I can't turn off that part of my brain. Where did I feel that? But also, um I do feel like writing about music has completely changed the way I listen to music because I have no idea what I'd be listening to right now if I I hadn't been, like, a music journalist for the past 15 years. Like, it's gotten me to listen to things and go to see bands and, like, honestly just go to places and, like, meet people and do all kinds of things that I would never have done and, like, learn about things I would have never learned about because when you interview musicians, you find out they're influenced by, like, all kinds of stuff
0: yeah and then like they tell you about something you've that nobody else has heard of like maybe some local band they were listening to and you dig into that and it just keeps going from there really. right yeah,
2: yeah so it's like i've learned things and like you know working at mtv iggy like i learned things about geography and politics and just like other people's like experiences that like i would have never learned and like have i think become like more politically sophisticated from talking to people from other countries and like hearing their perspective on things and like what, what they think of what's going on in their country versus like what the American news media says about what's going on in their country. If that's like, if that's how like writing about music has like blown apart, like just my consciousness as a person, writing about music has definitely like, you know, I really, really, really do listen to everything. And I would not, I don't know, I if I wrote about something else or did something else with my life, I might still just be listening to Sleater-Kinney and there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm glad that like, you know, I have like been exposed to Bangra and, you know, um, underground electronic music and definitely indie pop from Chile. Definitely that. Like when I went to work at MTV Iggy, I didn't know what Cumbia was. Now I freaking love Cumbia and like, that's incredibly, that's a blessing. But also like, I just don't even know what my taste is anymore. Um, I'm just constantly listening to something new and either getting hyped on it or feeling depressed.
1: Beverly, we like to close off our show with a segment I like to call oh nuts and bolts.
2: Uh-oh.
0: Oh. This is a made up segment okay, he just made so up. Right Beverly,
2: did, wait, did you just invent this just now? No, we've done it on a few other I did on we did it on the
1: Ezra podcast, we did it on our podcast. I just like this segment. I've Beverly never heard of this since when you me. write, what do you write on? Do you write on a MacBook, on like desktop? Or a laptop.
0: He's gonna judge you if you say the wrong no, font. No, I don't. That's the let, wrong let font that he,
2: that, he, that, he, that he. doesn't like.
1: I'm not gonna judge. I don't judge
2: anybody. Um, do you want to see like the the little notebook that I have in my bag because I still write on paper a lot.
1: I like this. Okay.
0: Really? 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 Wait, yeah. Right? Or like
2: I have like millions of notes in my phone. Oh no, yeah, but... I
0: do. Yeah, no, I keep notes. Yeah, we're... Right, No, but
2: cool. also like I have like a MacBook. Yeah, I have a MacBook
1: Pro or Air.
2: I don't even know. I don't care. All right, cool. When do you write, Beverly? it's a Mac. <laughs>
1: Do you write in Google Docs or Microsoft Word?
2: I use uh, LibreOffice, right. the free um, office thing. That Apple has. Yeah, I'm old-fashioned. Nice. I I still like to like have a word processor. Yeah, you know.
0: It's probably less distracting too, honestly. Yeah.
2: yeah, it just I just feel weird. I feel like if you're on if it's on the you're writing it on the internet already, someone's always looking over your shoulder I or know. something. It's weird.
1: Do you use double spaced or single spaced?
2: This is where he's gonna judge you. He's gonna judge nope, you on nice. like the double spaced. I'm not in college.
1: <laughs> All right, nice. And lastly, and lastly, and this is the big one. Times New Roman or whatever the default font is. It's like Calibri.
2: Um. Well, at this point, fuck the New York Times. So default. All right,
1: Beverly. Any shout? Any plugs you want to do? Uh, any plugs you want to do? Any um? Any shout outs? Whatever. Really.
2: Oh man. No. Like the only thing I care about is, honestly. Getting people who are currently in like the immigration internment camps to be not in them anymore. um Solving all of that—that that is like that is the main thing. Okay, so yeah, I'm gonna shout out raices
0: Oh, Ra- we're a great I organization.
2: They are an awesome organization. Yeah, Rayuses. I think it must be Rayuses. I, I, no, I figure it's Rayuses because like that's the word in Spanish. Because yeah, so shout out to say Send them money. Yes. They provide legal aid yeah. to um, like immigrants who tried to come here and seek and like asylum seekers who are being held mostly illegally. Um, and they are they're they're fighting the good fight. Send them money. Yeah. Um, we'll put a link down below. I think totally, um
0: you yeah. also posted about a show that's happening.
2: Yeah, it's to benefit where right? you says, um, my friend is doing it and but I, I kind of have to open my Twitter to it's going to be to see exactly when it's going to be. But this is a benefit. So if you're yeah. going to be in New York City and you want to my friend Tatiana is putting it on and sure, um, it is an early 2000s blog rock themed DJ night that we'll be that f- featuring. Yeah. Um, I'm looking, looking, looking. Here's the flyer. All right, um, it's going to be featuring DJs such as Kip. Kip Berman and Peggy Wang of The Pains of Being Pure at Heart, if you remember them, and Andrew Wyatt of Mike Snow. It's going to be October 26th um, at the Nating Factory in Brooklyn. It, it bene- It's a benefit party for Reises. It's a That's an organization close to her heart as well. Nice, nice. And, um, yeah, so, like, and the doors open at 1130, and it's called I Bet You Look Good on the Dance Floor. And, right. yeah, so basically shout out to anybody who's working on that stuff because, like, music is everything to me, but, like, there's – more important things going on sometimes, uh, and totally. when you can
0: meld the two, that's always even better. Yeah, even beautiful. Yeah, Full yeah. I'll um, put the They're kind yeah, of fused in
2: my mind, but my mind is wired weird, so. No, totally.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I'll post a link down below totally. to Says for you to donate to the organization, and also man. a link to the Facebook event where you, you can find out more information about the show. Get woke. Who knows? Probably catch us there. We'll probably be there. Honestly. Rad, we'll rad. There, right. Yeah, at come word. out. We'll be there. Word. So, uh, um, yeah, I'm Dalvin. I'm the managing editor at the Press. You can. Follow me on Twitter at Dalvin and Hobbs. Uh yes. Word that I'm so glad I caught that that's username, a great name, Honestly, dude, I love your name. I know. Thank you. Um, like, can you give me your Twitter name? are not. Your name doesn't rhyme with Calvin.
1: Can it be Dalvin?
0: No. Uh,
2: <laughs> I just want to tell you that my um, AOL screen name when I was in college oh, was oh, Bell Bev Devoe. Bel- that's that's oh, a secret dude. about me that like yeah I don't share very often.
0: Belbev. That's interesting. Get What's it? You, yeah, get No. That's. Not, yeah. Like, yeah, I get
1: yeah. it. Uh, my name is Lewis Maroney. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Whiskey Ginger. I'm joking. I'm not interested in Tino. Follow me on Twitter at LJ Maroney 2. Follow me on Instagram at Lewis Maroney 96. Um, I'm the Satire section editor here at the Stony Brook Press.
2: And uh, I'm with it. If you want to nice. follow me, oh, yeah, I'm a DJ BB Check on Twitter. That's DJ as in DJ, even though I'm not a DJ. Nice. BB as in my initials, Beverly, nice. Brian, and Check very death Do, Yeah. Death what? Well no, cuz Death, death Grip Grips- has a song called
1: No, cuz a song called Have a Say to Come BB, but like it's two Bs. Death
2: Grips. you know the band Death Grips? I, Of course I know the band Death Grips. Everyone knows the band Death Grips. Yeah, so it's a song it have so, like,
0: military. BB. Like whole- Word, yeah, Gips. and also uh yeah, if you want to catch any of the articles we put out, yeah, it's line, sbpress.com. Sony Press on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, yeah. we have them all honestly. Look for my stuff. Uh yeah, look out for the issues which are usually on campus. You can also read them online. Uh, an throughout any of the social <laughs> networks. Yeah. Look up put us out on YouTube. Subscribe You're to this Etsy? podcast, no, honestly. No, we, <laughs> we're gonna wait, No,
1: Starting back press play, the official pod the official podcast of I Love McCone and the Paps Blue Ribbon. Yeah. What, that's play. not
0: true. Uh, please subscribe and rate to this podcast and all the others. Uh,
1: this has been press play, guys.
0: Catch you. Bye.
1: Catch you on the flip side, chaplip.